is something that uh, I've been uh, spending time with all my life. And the reason for that is because we all daven, and we daven because we're Allah Hayidin, and we try to daven the best we can. I have found uh, in my experience that the tendency of whoever tries to write or speak about tefillah keeps speaking about kavona and how to relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how to feel the presence of Hashem, which is, of course, very, very true and very valid. But I've always thought that the Chachomim, and I'm not sure why exactly, to be honest with you, uh, because I think it comes from two separate directions entirely. One of them is a tremendous distrust of the human capacity for feeling and intuitive uh, grasp of the presence of Hashem in a in a in a really a concrete way. Uh, there's there's a difference between believing in Hashem and uh, spending your life as if you feel the presence of Hashem. Just as there's a difference between believing in Ganeidin and Gehenim as an abstract concept and living on the threshold. They say that uh, the uh, Beis Halevi, when he was uh, talking about how it's possible, based on the famous Eben Ezra, so he said that if a person's running to do an Avera and then he's crossing a bridge and the bridge is very rickety, or he's crossing a, a pond that's frozen over and there's possibility that the ice will crack. So the fear and the anxiety of falling into that water or the feeling anxiety of falling off the bridge is so strong that he forgets completely any desire that he's had. So if you have that level of Yira Shamayim, you'll never do an Avera. But who has that level of Yerashamayim? So if somebody believes, it's not enough to believe. Even, even the Leda is a different kind of idea if it's imminent and acute. And it's an abstract concept. You know, when we say we believe in something, uh, you know, there's a tremendous gap between the level of belief where you kind of like intuit something in an abstract sort of way and then go about your business and believing something in such a concrete and immediate way that it's immediately relevant to your life. And that's the problem, I think, that Chachamim had with tefillah. So that's one strand, one aspect. So what did the Chachamim do about this? So what's remarkable about tefillah is that even though everyone is masking that tefillah is avodah shebalev, and lev means feeling, lev means intuition, lev means insight, lev means perceptions, Lave does not mean structure. Lave does not mean structure. The structure, you need mayach. So if it's avodah Lave specifically, the emphasis, of course, is on kavana and feeling. Nevertheless, the Chachamim took that avodah Lave and they said it in concrete. They literally said it in concrete. You know, it, the, the, the Rambam in the fourth parak of Hilchus Tefillah, he speaks about the things that are ma'akev, the tefillah, that, that is, is sine qua non, you have to do them. But then the Rambam in the next perik, which is perik hey, he says, shmoinet varim, there are eight things that sorecham is pauli bahem, and he says, if he if he's dochuk, or he's nanas, etc., etc., and he didn't do it, it's not ma'akev. So those you are yotzei dochei vasat tefillah. 
but it's definitely not a good idea. It's much more than a good idea. It's 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 a psak halacha. Just as some things are ma'akev and some things are not ma'akev, but the other you're So what are they? So he has a whole list. Amida. So you're supposed to stand instead of sitting or lying. Fine. No chachamigdosh. You have to be facing, fine, facing the base hamigdosh. Wherever you are, you face. We face the east. Tikkun haguf. There's something called tikkun haguf. What exactly is tikkun haguf? So we open up the Rambam Perik. And he tells us what Tikkun Aguf is. And to my mind, this whole idea of Tikkun Aguf smacks of structure. And, and it's just an amazing thing. Now, it's a structure which is meant to create a certain feeling, a certain perception, a certain Kiyum Shabalev. But nevertheless, the Chachomim HaMachayev Okay, raglov like malochim, ragleim regal yeshara, ragleim in the plural, regal yeshara in the singular. It's like it's one foot. But no saying ain of lamata kiluhu mabit laaretz. So you have to look down. But his heart has to feel like it's soaring. Kilu omid b'shamayim. Umeniach yodov aliboy. Kefusim, listen to this. He has to put his hands over his heart, fold it over, the right hand over the left hand, and he stands like an Ebed Lifnei Rabo, and then the Ramam adds, Be'ema Be'yirovofachat. And Velo Yaniach Yodov Al Chalotzav, he shouldn't put his hands on his hips. I sometimes see people davening with their hands in their pockets. It's mamish absurd. But this halacha itself is almost like an oxymoron. What I mean to say is this. If you want a person to feel, you have to tell him, use your imagination, get yourself in the right mood. I don't know, do some exercises in, uh, you know, in contemplation, in uh, meditation, whatever. You know, uh, uh, re- repeat certain phrases over and over again. You already start going into yoga kind of things. That's if you want that your mind should soar and your mind should, your heart should be open and empty and available for Hashem. But it, what they're doing here is, is almost the opposite. They're telling you, let me tell you exactly what you have to do. And everybody is the clone of everybody else. And this is supposed to create a, a certain feeling. So you're standing like an Eved Lifnei Rabo, because that's the posture of an Eved Lifnei Rabo. So what happens if, if my left hand is on top of my right hand? So that's not like an Eved Bifnei Rabo. And what happens if I'm not looking down Bidafka, but I feel down? Something just, you know, broke my heart. And I'm not looking down. What I mean to say is that you, you, you're, you're looking at structures that are legislated and demanding details. Your feet have to be together. There are plenty of people who could dive beautifully when their feet are not together. So if he said that I understand. That's a feeling and an attitude and you have to try to create that mood. If he tells me that he has to be like an Evid in his feelings I can understand. But what about all of the technicalities? And then there's another question. Tikkun Malbushi. Yishtachavu la Hashem ba'adras kodesh. That's a pasuk. 
right? So he's not supposed to, and then again, a series of halachas. Now, if you tell me, make sure that you are not preoccupied with anything else. So don't hold your chafotzim in your hand, you know, don't hold your tefillin zekel or, or, or your, your money bag, you know, uh, I can understand if a person says to somebody, you know, maybe technically, as long as there's something between the bottom half of your body and the top half of your body, but it's like you're supposed to look like a bench when you daven. So how far do you carry that? Your hat and jacket are fine. If you tell me general principles and then do your own thing in those general principles, I can understand it very well because the principle behind it is always in terms of the Dvarim Shabalev. But the structure is so precise. Now, Yamod B'mokam Namuch, Yatsi Ponav Lakoiso, has to open up windows. That has to be right, V'kavon Psichon Leib, Posuk says, that the windows are open, facing Yerushalayim. And then he's Koveya Mokam Litfiloso Tomid. Every one of these things can be explained in the Avoda Shabalev level but it's legislated on a very technical basis. He can't stand in the Mokam Gavoa Shlosha Tfachim Three Tfachim. If the Indian is standing in the Mokam Gavoya, so it has to be a technical Mokam Gavoya. It's almost like Alpi did, right? If it has Arba Amos Al Arba Amos, then it's a Mokam Ifne It's like an Aliyah. It's like an attic. So that's considered okay. If it's Mukaf Mechitzos, even if there isn't Arba Amos Al Arba Amos, it's almost like you're dragging in the dinim of sukkah and erevin, and suddenly you're talking about how you're supposed to stand in tefillah. I'll give you another example. And this is a very critical example. We find that Moshe Rabbeinu was tzayik al Hashem. He cried out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We find that the, uh, the Rambam is, talks about this also, that tefillah is balachash, but when you, you know, the Ramam says in Aloha Tes, Hashivoyas Hakoil Keitza. Lo Yakbiya Kolo Bitfilosa. But on the other hand, Lo Yispalo Beliboy. So he's Machatech Dvarim Bisvasov, Mashmiya Lo Oslov Belachash. But he's not allowed to be Mashmiya Kolo loud. Unless he's sick, he can't be Machabin, and he needs that desperately to be able to have Kabbalah. So there's this Indian that it has to be Soto Voce. It has to be with a soft, low voice. Okay. And even if he's not well and he can't be Mechavim, he's still not allowed to interrupt other people. So if there's a Tzibur, Shaloti Torev, Daiton, Mikolo, he's also not allowed. Fine, that's understand all of these halachas. But I have to understand something. A person has something on his mind and on his heart. You're going to legislate to me the exact decibel level that I'm supposed to speak. Why? Because Chana, when she davened to but listen to this. There's a machloikas whether you could chuckle or you have to stand straight like a rod. Incredible. They're legislating to me how I'm supposed to stand. What's the machloikas? The Marami Pano points out. It says in the post knows only her lips are quivering. So they ask on him, that doesn't mean that that's the only part of the body that's moving. Raks means that she, you couldn't hear her voice. You just saw the lips moving. They so say, says, no. That it says, 
So obviously, Raksosanos is talking just about the movement, Lafuki, the rest of the body, and he says, no, you can't move at all. You have to stand ramrod straight, like a soldier at attention. And everyone else says, like a flickering candle, you know, and you're full of emotion. It's incredible. So Akiva, when he died privately, Chazal tell us that he was in one corner, they found him in another corner. You know, he just, there's Slavos. So what's going on over here? And then you have this concept of Tzorik HaLashem. By Ninveh, it says that they cried out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu loud. Moshe Rabbeinu cries out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu loud in today's parsha. And then, of course, you have, you know, a, 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 an unbelievable idea, Kriya. You bow down. There's an exact number of times and places that you bow down. When he finishes the tefillah, he goes back three steps. He's also Korea, nice and shalom. Besmoil, chakach miyamin, magbiya roishem in akriya. It's unbelievable. And exactly where you're supposed to be, Korea, and when you're supposed to lift up your head. And that there's a difference between the kriya by Moedim and the kriya by the others, because you don't say Baruch Hatah by Moedim, you say Moedim Anach Nulach. And on and on and on. It's incredible. What I'm trying to point out is that the details of every single one of these items in the eight things that are not ma'akev are details upon details upon details. And then, of course, the language. It's very true. You can say whatever you want in whatever language you want in your tefillah. But nevertheless, the basic structure of tefillah was given to us mila b'mila. And then we have another part of the structure that it starts out with brachas and then continues with karbonus and then psukah the zimra. And then you have the shmon esrei and then you have the kedusha the sidra afterwards and tachnun uh, before that. And it, it, it's mamish to such an extent that the thing is called Sidur, and the, the only example that I can think of, which is an incredible parallel, is that our freedom, the night of Pesach, is expressed by Seder. So my feeling is that the Chachomen came upon this from two completely opposite angles and literally straightjacketed us into Tefillah. There's nothing more regulated and legislated than tefillah. Just like there's nothing more regulated and legislated like Seder night. So one of them is they did not trust human emotion and the human capacity for consistency in hergation. Hergation, by definition, are flippant. They come and they go, and it's very, very sporadic. If a person was allowed to dive in whenever he feels like, there would be an occasional spark of feeling, usually, you know, like there's no uh, uh, atheist in, in, a, in, a, in, in the foxhole. You know, when a person's afghaktatsaris, when he has problems, he's going to dive into Hashem. Maybe, maybe thank Hashem on occasion if he wins the lottery, and that's about it. And the rest of the time, he doesn't know from Hashem. Uh, what about all these feelings and irrigation that people have? They should have but they don't. We were very mundane. We are very, very anchored. The, the, the center of gravity is Adam in Afar. 
That's why he's called Adam, because he's Lukach Minha Adama. And the Elha Adama Toshav, Elo Afa Toshav, isn't just by his Petira. That's why the Ramam is busy in so many different places speaking about people are constantly asleep. Remember the Ramam Michal Shoifer. The Ramam Michal Shoifer says, What's a Shoifer? Uri Yashenim Mishinascham, wake up from your slumber. The Ramam by Mezuzah. He says, you, you, you encounter the mezuzah, you realize that you're asleep and you have to wake up. What is this business? The Ramam considers everybody a sleepwalker. We're sleepwalking all of our lives. In that kind of matzav, it's very easy to focus on the nonsense of the world and on the moment and the day-to-day and forget about the Rebbe Shalom basically altogether. The Chachomim did not trust our ability to daven to Baruch spontaneously. So they froze us, literally, into structure upon structure upon structure. The time, the language, the words, the posture, everything is trammeling us. It's just, you know, tying us down so that we don't fly away. We don't disappear. And I think that that's the Nakuda of Avos Tiknun of Tfila, that there's, there's a Kvius. And, and I, I always emphasize this point that the Gemara in Brachas tells us that Avram tikein tefila shachris. It also says that there's a chiyuv to be kaveya mokom litfilasa. Where do we know? Where, excuse me. Where do we know that from? Also from Avram. How do we know that from Avram? Where does it say by Avram that he was kaveya mokom litfilasa? Because the Pasuk says, Vayashkem Avram Baboker, El HaMokom Hashem. That is the Mokom where he was before HaKadosh Baruch Hu a while back. What while back? Just the other day, the, 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 the Avram Avinu had this incredible dialogue of tefillah with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where there was really communication back and forth. He was fighting for Zdom, and then Zdom is destroyed. And he goes up to this promontory, goes exactly back to the same place. That's why Kaveya Mokam Litfilasa. And what does he see? There's no Ribbonishlulam present. Takodashboko has already left. And what does he see? Devastation. He doesn't know how much his words had any effect at all. And he davens and he makes Tfila Shachris. There's no verb. That this kvius is because Avram T can't feel a shachris, and from then on, everybody has to daven shachris. Yitzchok doesn't have any need to establish shachris, so he establishes mincha because shachris already established. You see it already from the obvious that there was a certain, it's remarkable. It seems that he had this incredible tefillah, and now he's not going to have that incredible tefillah. But he goes back to Daven anyhow. Not all of our tefillahs are spontaneous, not all of our tefillahs are heartfelt in that sense, that we really are connecting to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Chachamim simply didn't trust us. They didn't trust themselves. I mean, they didn't trust the human being. The human condition is full of absurdities, and one of those absurdities is as much as we believe and we know and we are Ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim. That was not a chesorin in a muna. Not, not in that sense. But there's a muna in the real, in the here and now. I'll give you a simple example. Rabbi Yisrael Salanta was the godlador. 
he was already a Talmud Chacham Mubak and a Tzadik No question about it. There was nothing wrong with him. And he was a leader of people. He was the head of, and he has this mentor by the name of Reb Zundel of Salant. Reb Zundel of Salant is a very great man and an unbelievable Tzadik. Fine. And they have a relationship. It's not like he encountered somebody in the forest somewhere and all of the huji wujis. No, he knew Rabbi, Rabbi Zundel of Salant for a long time and they had a connection. And one day Rabbi Zundel of Salant tells him six words that changed the world. Because the Muslim movement changed the world and this is where the Muslim movement begins. Yisrael, learn Musa, learn Musa and be a Yerei now, so what do you get out of that? So now I'm telling it to you. Learn Musa and become a Yerei Are you going to change the world? So how do you change from that? The Territ says, you hear it differently. That's how you change. The Chachomim simply did not trust that V'ahavta Yisa Hashem leads immediately to love. And that, you know, V'avadatim Hashem leads immediately to this incredible concept of Avoida. It doesn't. So the Chachamim said, you know what? Tefillah is so critically important that I'm going to give you the opportunity. And then the question is whether you seize the opportunity or not. And by the way, I think that really is what explains that very strange paradox. Chalocha says, if you fail to have Kavana, you still don't have an over again. Because who says you'll do it right the second time? It's like a funny kind of thing. You know, it's almost a capitulation. So the answer is because Lemaise, the structure of feel if there's any possibility that you'll get there, it'll be the next Shmon Esri. They want you to stay focused, but they want you to stay. So even if the focus is missing, you have to stay. So the next Shmon Esri, the Mincha, you'll, you'll, you'll do better. Every once in a while, there's going to be that filler where you feel you're really talking to HaKadosh Baruch. You stop the structure, you abandon the, the whole apparatus, you take away the, 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 all of these halachas, the seder, there's not a chance in the world that anything good will come of it. That's number one. But then there's number two. And this, I, I've been thinking about this so long, you know, it's not like I... I think about it every day, basically, in my entire life. There's something called la'avdai b'chalavavchem. What's an evet? What is an evet? An evet is a, is a person that listens, that obeys. I have this incredibly strong feeling that part of the reason that the Chachomim imposed upon us, I could use that word, imposed upon us, this incredible latticework of structure you know, it looks like a, when you have this building and you need to fix the facade, you know, you put on this tremendous, you know. <laughs> and the building looks different. It looks like a building in progress. You know, it looks like, you know, it looks like things are falling apart. The Chachomim insisted that you're an Ebed Hashem, you have to follow rules. And in the following of the rules, you are the Ebed Hashem. You know, I, I, I have this, this vart that I once published in fact, there's a whole story with the Rav about this this uh, publication. I once wrote something in the Orah Mizrach, which was a Torah journal, 
and uh, somebody without my knowledge uh, published it in an Israeli, copied it over into an Israeli newspaper. I once went into the Rub as his assistant. I had things to talk to him about from time to time. And I walk in and he doesn't even say Shalom Aleichem or anything. He goes back into the room, grabs a newspaper and he says, did you write this? And of course, the tone of voice scared the wits out of me already. I know you, you weren't with the rug, but you could, you have to understand that, you know, you could really melt into, into nothing from such a line. And I didn't know what he was talking about because I had not written in any newspapers at all. And uh, he sticks it in, you know, into my hands and I look at it. And sure enough, not only is it my name, Aaron Kayin, whatever, but it's also my Shtikal Torah. And I had to admit that it's mine. And, you know, I waited a couple of seconds and then he says, it's pretty good. <laughs> so uh, my heart fell out and I had to pull it right back, you know. <laughs> then it started to swell, you know, that's human nature. First, you get scared out of your wits. You know, did you write this? But not in that tone of voice, more like, you know, like, what did you do? <laughs> because the Rav was dramatic, even when he tells you what time it is, he was very dramatic. <laughs> Such a kayach. But, uh, you know, then when he compliments you, you think, you know, that the heavens are opening up. But what was it that I wrote? I wrote a very simple, I'll, I'll be mitzamsim to make my point about tefillah here, about being an Evid. You know, I always say, by the way, that Evid Hashem is not to be translated a servant of God. It's a slave of God. But we will lose the word slave. We go crazy with the word slave today. So we're not going to use the word slave, but that's what it is. Ever Hashem. By Hashem, he was the slave of HaKadosh Baruch He wasn't his servant. It's true we have Bechira. We have Bechira to mess up. We don't have Bechira to choose what we want to do. It's a very big mistake to think that we have Bechira to choose what we want to do. We don't. Hashem tells us what to do and what not to do. And we have to listen. And there's rewards and there are punishments. We have Bechira to mess up. We have Bechira to, to do better. That's Bechira. Every Evid has Bechira. Every Evid has Bechira to run away. doesn't make him less of an Evid. Human beings have Bechira. They're not completely determined. But I digress. I had a question on a Pasuk in Pasha Shmois. The Pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Mi anoichi ki paro es Yisrael mi Mitzrayim. I mean, who am I? And, and basically, throughout the whole thing, there's this Aaron waiting in the wings. He's a much better candidate to going to Paro, much better candidate to speak to B'nai Yisrael for all kinds of reasons. And here's this Moshe who's away for such a long time, and he's a kvad pen, a kvad lotion. Nobody knows from him anymore. Why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu insist that it has to be Moshe Rabbeinu? And Moshe is asking this question to such an extent that HaKadosh Baruch gets angry at him. You know, he took away the kahuna from him because of this, says Chazal. So what is it exactly that's going on over here? So Rabbanu Shalom answers it. He, right? Ki Hashem says, I'll be with you so you don't have to worry. But that doesn't really answer the question because Moshe Rabbeinu is, of course, maybe he was frightened. But his eager question is, why do you need me and I should have all of these extra protections that you'll be with me. Send Aaron. It's like, do the thing that's most logical and most reasonable, and then you don't have to worry about anything else. So HaKadosh Baruch says, no, I'm going to be with you. But if you want to know, Hashem 
normally, if you would interpret Zelchaos means this is the sign that you're going to tell the people. Tell the people that you should trust me about Yitzias Mitzrayim. I'm going to get you out of Paro. I'm going to get you out of Mitzrayim. And and if you don't believe me, you should know that I'm going to give you Matan Torah also. This is the mountain. You see, you're you're, you're here on Har Chorib the snare. This is the mountain. Just tell them about the mountain. Now, at first glance, this argument makes no sense whatsoever, because how could you give a person a proof that is yet to happen, as a for tomorrow? Six weeks from now, whatever it was, two months from now, cannot be a hoichacha on something that's right now imminent. The past can be a hoichacha for the present. If I proved myself yesterday, I can say rely on me today. But can I say rely on me today because I'll prove to you tomorrow? If I trust you about tomorrow, I might as well trust you about today. Where's their proof? The zelachos can neichus lachticha matan so the Emerson that the Rambam says exactly correct. The Rambam says that when you go to, 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 to the Jews and to Paro and to whoever, right now you're not going to have any infallible proof because all of these signs and these miracles, they're not absolute proofs. The Rambam in the eighth parak of Hukos Yisrael Torah, a very famous Rambam. So, so what is the ultimate proof which is infallible, which is, you know, Irrevocable, which is which is incontrovertible. What is the ultimate proof? Maimir has Sinai. Why? Because Be'inenu Ra'inu V'loi Zor Ba'znenu Shamanu V'loi Acher Ech Shakadosh Baruch Oimer in front of all the people. Moshe, Moshe, Leichem Or Lahem Kach V'Kach. Moshe, go talk to them. Tell them, and they hear the voice of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Panim El Panim Diber Hashem Imochem. And he says, that's the pshat of the pasuk. I'm coming down in the cloud. The people will hear whatever that means exactly. They heard Hashem's voice for the one and only time that Klal Yisrael heard Hashem's voice. That I am speaking to you, that I have appointed you as my Novi. They hear it with their own ears. They see it with their own eyes. And then they'll believe it in you, not just forever, but forever means in an absolute way. There's no dofi, there's no doubt. So the Ramam says, and that's the pshat of the posuk, ki eya imach Look it up, perek ches of Yisodei HaTorah. V'zelecho oz k'anochi shlachticha, v'otziach ha'asomim mitzrayim tavdus gimah ha'azeh. If you want to have proof absolute, you're going to have to wait till my merasinah. That's what he's telling. And Zelachos, Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, you want signs? I'll give you temporaries. But I can't give you a real and absolute sign because the only absolute sign is not through miracles and tricks. It has to be that they hear my voice. So wait at Har Sinai. That's the Rambam's answer, that the kasha is the tenets. I'm not asking you to trust me for the because of the future. I'm asking you, I'm telling you, you're going to have to wait for proof until the future, because I don't have anything in my bag of tricks. I don't have any absolute proof. But I suggested that maybe we emphasize that I want to explain something to you. It's not for the people. The people, well, we'll work it out. But you're asking me a tremendous question. Why am I sending you? 
So I'm going to tell you. The United States of America, it's rather pretty appropriate, you know. It's a, <laughs> it's a, in Yonah the Yoma, as they say. The United States of America, the big Rachmanis on us, by the way. It's only a nice that we're only Gairim. We're just visitors. You know, we, we belong somewhere else. We don't belong here. But if we were part and parcel of this country, it could be good and miserable about the matzah right now. But when the country started out, they had big dreams and aspirations. They separated themselves from King George and they wrote themselves a declaration of independence. That was a separate document. And it was a document that said, we don't have any allegiance to you anymore. We're on our own. It took a very long time, different people and different discussions and a different document entirely to make a a set of rules for themselves called the Constitution. There's a declaration of independence and the Constitution. The two separate things, two separate worlds. And in between was a big space. Rebbe Shalom says, there's no such thing in Yiddishkeit. You know why? Because the Constitution is the Declaration of Independence. There is no separate Declaration of Independence. There's no such thing as coming out of Mitzrayim. You're coming out of Mitzrayim because you're Abdei Hashem. Kili b'nei Yisrael avodim, avodai heim v'loi avodim, avodim. Kili b'nei Yisrael heim ha'shaot seisiyah sam eretz Mitzrayim. Anoichi Hashem alaykecha ha'shaot seisiyah sam eretz Mitzrayim. Hashem made us his avodim. Once we become his avodim, it's like it's a different kind of freedom. It's a freedom to become infinite. It's a freedom to rise, to become beyond. It's a freedom for the neshama to be sholed on the guf, for the yetzatov to be sholed on the yetzaharai. It's a freedom not to be subservient to all of your instincts. That's freedom. But it's the kind of freedom that is defined by being an Eved Hashem. The Constitution is our freedom. That's Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, look where you are standing. Now is the beginning of Yitzias Mitzrayim. It's the first springtime buddings of Yitzias Mitzrayim. I'm appearing to you. You haven't even gone to Mitzrayim yet. You haven't even gone to Paro yet. And I'm appearing to you. Where am I appearing to you? At Har Choyrev, at Har Sinai. Why? Why do I pick this place? Because you are the one that has to give them the Torah and I can't have two people giving them the, the freedom, Aaron and the Torah, Moshe. I can't because the, the, the understanding will be that they're two separate in Yonim. The Russia is saying exactly that in the Haggadah. The Russia says, that's how you celebrate freedom. You're crazy. And it's amazing. The Seder night is the night of freedom, right? And what do you do? And look what they do. Haseba has to be this way and not this way. And now you can do Haseba, now you can't do Haseba. And Abakoises and what kind of Yayin? Mamish, unbelievable. Shiurim, Shiurim in the night of Pesach, Machloikasin and Shiurim. That is freedom, Rabbi Isai. That's what Hashem was saying. Moshe has to be one person. They cannot see any disparity. They can't separate the two. You can't go out of Mitzrayim unless you're an Ebed Hashem. You already, the first mitzvah was given in Mitzrayim. Pesach. 
rule upon rule upon rule upon rule. Hashem gives the rules now. That's why you're free. That's what I wrote. So, so, so finally, I got the Rav's Haskama also on this. But Lamaisa, what's my point? My point is that the Chachamim were not just worried that we are flippant and Hayoim uh, like this and Hayoim like that. So they had to give us a structure and force us to kind of like be in the mode of tefillah and hope for the best. I think it's something else. The Maisa, Avoida and Leiv really don't go together so well. Because Leiv is spontaneous and Leiv is Hergeshim and Avoida is structure. That's what Avoida is. Avoida is following rules, listening to HaKadosh Boku. That's what Avoida is. So if that's the case, what's Lo'avdoi B'chol Avchem? Eizuhi Avoida Shebeleiv the answer is because the relationship that we have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu ultimately is that we are Avdei Hashem. It's the Avoda in the Tefillah. That's what we call Tefillah Avoda. You go to the Beis Hamikdash. That's Kenegat Karbonus Tiknum, really. You go into the Beis Hamikdash. Is there any place on earth that is more regulated than the Beis HaMikdash? Everything is a rule. Everything is a technical detail. Everything. And is an avoider? Is it not an avoider? Can a Kayin do it? Can a Zar do it? Law after law after law. The Rambam has two of 14 Sfarim, Avoda and Karbanas. And then he has other places as well because he has, you know... Ancillary places here and there. It's a tremendous thing, though. And he calls the first of the two volumes Avoida. Avoda and Karbonus. Avodas Beis Hamikdash. That's what it's called. Somebody uses the word Avoda. What's it called? It's called the Avoda. Tfila is Avoda. Tfila is Kenegat Karbonus. Tfila is to show that you're in Eved Hashem. And that's why I believe that the whole concept of tefillah was regulated and legislated from two, not opposite angles, but just two separate angles which converged to make tefillah ultimately seder upon seder upon seder. The distrust of emotion on the one hand and the incredible need to show that you're in Eved Hashem. It's like saying, as long as you're in Eved Hashem and you show that you're in Eved Hashem in such a perfect way, HaKadosh Baruch will take care of you. That's ultimately tefillah. You look at the Vilna Gaon, 98% of tefillah is about HaKadosh Baruch. Not about us. That's that's what I wanted to share. And in a couple of moments remaining, I wanted to share another thought with you about the structure of the of the Shmon Esrei. We bow down in two separate places in the Shmon Esrei. Ram says also, when you leave, you bow. You're taking leave. But you bow at the beginning and you bow by motive. I had this idea that basically, if you took the Shmon Esrei, and it's not just the Shmon Esrei, it's every Amida, because it's Shabbos and Yom to the same. The first three brachas and the last three brachas are the same. But I wanted to suggest that there are two times that you bow down 
because there are two times when I declare my relationship to the Rebbeinu Shalom. It's like my encounter with Hashem. When I encounter HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I bow. When I start my Shmon Esrei, I have an encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does that encounter emphasize? Whence do I know HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Where do I know HaKadosh Baruch Hu from? The answer is, Eloikeinu veloikei avoseinu. Eloikei avrom, eloikei yitzchak veloikei yakum. That's how I know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In other words, what I'm suggesting is that the beginning of Shmona Esri emphasizes that I know Hashem from Masora. I have, like, you know, the, 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 like the Ramban says about remembering Matan Torah. Right? So you have to remember the experience of our Sinai and give it over from generation to generation. The knowledge of Hashem, the awareness of Hashem, the fact that we have a connection to Hashem. So we have from the Avos. They spoke to HaKadosh Bochu, they were aware of HaKadosh Bochu, HaKadosh Bochu related to them, and this is our Masora. And Hashem keeps talking about And then there's another way we know HaKadosh Baruch And that is emphasized in Modem Anachnu Lach. It's very interesting, Rav Hutna made this point, but if, and there are Svarim that talk about these things, but the point that is that Modem Anachnu really makes two statements right at the beginning. Modem Anachnu Sha'atohu and Noda Licha. What's the difference between modem she and modem le? So he says, modem she is a statement of emuna, of belief. I am, moda means I acknowledge, because the word haidah has so many different meanings that are interrelated. Vidui, haidah, vidui maisa. It's very complicated, the word modem. But modem anachloch means we are cognizant. But noida lecho, nesapito lesocha, chayenom sum yadachas, we are grateful. So Rav Hutner used to say that there's taka both of those elements. You have to acknowledge HaKadosh Baruch Hu. By the way, when the Avudram says famously the reason why we have Moedim Durabonon, he doesn't say because each person has to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his own language, which most people think that's what he says. It's not so. You open up the Avudram, the Avudram says everyone, when it comes to acknowledging HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they have to participate in that acknowledgement. They can't stay and stand on the sidelines. But Moedim She'atohu is an acknowledgement of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Where does that knowledge come from? It's my visceral understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world. It's not Masaira, it's me. You know, in my Moedim Anach Nuloch, we have this amazing idea. We say, So it sounds like we have to give up. It's like the Rav used to say so many times that when you start Sukkot Zimra with Baruch Shomar, you're so excited and so confident. By the time you get to it's all in the passive. It's like we 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 realize that it's not Shaykh. You know how how do we praise Hakadosh Who are we to praise Hakadosh Like Siyam to the Demare. You know, you say, okay, but you can't say more than what the Chachamim ordained because what are you going to say? So that's that's what's being emphasized when there's a long Sukkot Zimra, Nishmas Kol which is really the extension of, of, of Yishtabach. 
as everyone says. So it's saying we don't have the words. If we would have infinite capacity, we wouldn't be able to do it. You know what says? But Malkain, a varim shepilakta bono vruach neshamesh and a fakta bapeno. Hey, name yodu virochu vishat. We just finished saying we can't do it. But the teretz is, I can't do it because I don't have the language, I don't have the words, I don't have the understanding. But I'm alive, and every single part of my being is exclaiming and extolling the shevach of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, because it's going right, and it should go wrong. So when I can see and I don't have something that blinds me or obscures me, whatever, whether it's a cataract or anything else, or, or I can move my hands, I, I'm so excited now at my age and I can close my fist and I don't feel any pain of arthritis. And once in a while, I get a little bit of a tzip, as they call it in Yiddish, you know, a little bit of a kvetch. And I realize that, you know, there's something going on there. And when I stand up and my back suddenly gives a, and now in COVID, you know, you don't know whether you're coming or going. And some people, you know, they're no longer here because the immune system, but we have an immune system. Listen, we are constantly producing hydrochloric acid, Rabbi Sai. How come it doesn't eat up our stomachs? Why does it just eat up the chicken that we ate? The terrorist is because there's these incredible linings that we have of all kinds of enzymes that soften the blow. It's incredible. This is all happening without any consciousness on our part at all. So how do I know Hashem? I know Hashem because I exist, I function, I talk, I sit, I sleep. I, I, it's just ain't with other self. I wake up. That's the Moedim Anachnuloch. We are aware of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in two different ways. First, we have Masaira. And then, because we have Masaira, we know, scientists doesn't necessarily, he knows all the details much better than we do. But he doesn't know Hashem. So you have to start a lekeno lekeno, but you also have to know that I know Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and that's when you bow down again. In that brach of Haidah, you acknowledge and discover Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I'm relating to Hakadosh Baruch Hu all over again. Anyhow, there's so much more to say, but we've run out of time. This is Hashem Yisbarach. We should be Emes Abde Hashem. That's what we should be. We should be zoichet taket that the. A little less of the craziness of the world and a little more gula to the gula shleima b'meig of yameinu amein. Amen. Thank you, Rabbi. That's luck.